Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Today, I'm joined by Pete Ducharme. Pete is a solutions consultant at Provisio Partners, a Salesforce implementer specializing in nonprofit and human service organizations. Pete also has over 12 years of experience in the staffing and management consulting industry. At Provisio Partners, Pete builds relationships with nonprofits, helping them drive their mission through technology. Pete, welcome to the show. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me. So why don't we start today? Uh, well, just give us a little bit of background about what you do and what Provisio Partners does and kind of how you're serving this nonprofit community. Yeah, no, thanks. I'll, I'll jump right into that. So, um, you know, Provisio Partners is a, is a Salesforce partner. We do implementations with nonprofits and, and specializing in human service organizations. And really what we do is we help these organizations get their – to get their data onto one platform so that they can, you know, have a better understanding of, you know, who they're who they're serving, who they're working with, who their donors are, um, you know, and ultimately, hopefully, make some mission-driven decisions based upon that data. Hmm. So, what are the kinds of unique challenges? that you see in the nonprofit space compared to what folks that are using Salesforce in a, in a commercial, you know, traditional commercial capitalist setting would, would encounter. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the, well, starting out, one of the misconceptions is, is that, um, you know, that Salesforce is expensive and that it's a great tool, but nonprofits can't afford it. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, there's, you know, there's their salesforce.com and then there's salesforce.org and dot mm. uh, org is the started out as a, a foundation that really focused on providing those that technology to nonprofits mm. and so nonprofits can take advantage of um, salesforce technologies at a significant discount um, and that's part of the philanthropic give back of salesforce so they um they offer that technology at that discount so that it makes it affordable for the organizations to utilize the technology. Um, some of the challenges are really just understanding um, where the data is currently. And so whether that's related to donors, whether that's related to volunteers or even constituents and clients that they're working with, um, a lot of the times nonprofits are, are stretched pretty thin as is. Um, and, you know, it's a challenge to kind of get that data all in one place. So it starts with really understanding where that data is today and then working to get it centralized onto uh, Salesforce and, you know, centralizing and having one source of truth for all of that. Right. So can you walk us through and, and you know, for folks that don't know what Salesforce fundamentally does, can you can you explain what what is the functionality yeah. that nonprofits especially get from using Salesforce? Yeah. And so I'll give you kind of my <laughs> my quick and quick and easy um, explanation of things. Really, I mean, so Salesforce is known as a, as a CRM, as a database where traditionally, you know, companies are using it to store their most prized possessions, which is their clients. Mm -hmm. um, and so what Salesforce can be used for with the, with the nonprofits is essentially putting all of their volunteer 
information, um, their donor information and their constituent and client information into one database. Mm. Um, and so really, you know, part of that is, is being able to have a centralized location where you can go in and, and start to understand, okay, we can do scheduling for volunteers. We can, you know, understand if we run certain campaigns for donation or run events, you know, how the impact that that, that those donations and those events are making, as well as going as far as um, having, a, having an overview of who you're supporting. Um, because there's a there's a journey there and we call it kind of crawl walk run um because it, it is a challenge in the beginning to kind of understand where everything's at mm -hmm. so once you can once we hopefully once we can get all of that into one centralized location then we can start to understand kind of you know how all of the different all the different aspects of the organizations are, are potentially working together because a lot of times those areas are, are siloed mm -hmm. and they may not understand, you know, that a, somebody that started out as a constituent is now a, you know, a volunteer and a donor and, and having an understanding of that. Um, a big part of it also that, you know, kind of going back is, you know, I'm newer to the space, and I'm, this is something that I've I've joined Parisio Partners in January. So I'm obviously learning a lot about um, nonprofits and how they work and, and Salesforce. Um, but I've gotten a good kind of trial by fire here and, and jumping in and understanding. But at the end of the day, you know, for for nonprofits and especially human service organization, what it comes down to is is funding is, is often mm -hmm. a challenge and, you know, getting the resources that you need to service individuals. Um, so what we can do with Salesforce um, is essentially give you an understanding of, you know, the impact that you're making once you have that kind of centralized um, and you can also understand, you know, who's volunteering, who the donors are. Um, but having that information on the impact is important because, you know, it's a competitive space of reaching out to donors and applying for grants. So mm -hmm. if you have the more information you have on the impact that you're making and you can tell that story of what you're really doing in the community, that will help you when you go back to donors, uh, attracting donors and, you know, your grant applications and even attracting volunteers, because what I've learned so far is, I mean, you know, I cover probably call it the upper Midwest. Um, mm -hmm. but even in Chicago, there's, there's tons of tremendous organizations that are helping out the communities, um, that are, you know, frankly underfunded and they're applying for grants and they're competing for donors. And what they need is they really need a voice to get, you know, to tell the story of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you know, we can help them get all of their data into one place to be able to tell that story of, you know, our programs are helping people in this community and we've improved the quality of life for you know, this neighborhood in Chicago um, over this amount of time, that helps them tell that story to everyone um, and hopefully getting them awareness on you know what they're doing and the impact they're making so essentially you know a big part of why i really enjoy this is you know we're we're enabling these organizations to help more people by you know by being able to tell the story and do that but also at the end of the day you know 
we can centralize intake. We can use the system to make processes more efficient to get them time in their day to where, you know, that's a struggle as well. So, you know, saving time and money is, is a, a universal, you know, idea across the board. But when it comes to nonprofits, it definitely helps them make a bigger impact in the community. So that's, you know, a big part of it. Yeah. So that brings up a few different thoughts that I had as, yeah. as you were uh, telling us about that is, is the first is that, you know, Salesforce, I think in a layperson's view tends to be something where people think, oh, that's a, a sales tool where you're just trying to find, you know, customers that would be applicable to donors, obviously. Right. right? So, but I think that whole notion around volunteers and then being able to demonstrate the value that you're actually creating. I think that's really useful and a good selling point for Salesforce. But I also think it presents an important lesson for anybody out there who's involved with a nonprofit. And that could be, you know, maybe that's not your day job. Maybe it's not your your main organization. Maybe that's your your church or maybe that's a GoFundMe you set up for somebody who's who's struggling right now. Or, or uh, you know, you could be doing volunteer work or public service in a lot of different ways. And it's really important to understand that if you want to grow that impact that you're having really in any capacity is you need to not only you know t- you know address that top line revenue growth piece but you also need to demonstrate the value that you're adding and contributing in the market that you're serving as well as using this as a tool to recognize where are your efforts most valuable how can you make the biggest impact you can and so yeah. I think I want to understand because I, I we got to know each other in, in previous roles that you've had. Um, yep. So we've known each other for years and, and you've done a lot of work in the technology and data space, but also now pivoting into a nonprofit world. Um, you know, that was a pretty big change for you professionally. What yeah. drew you to the nonprofit space? Why did you decide this is the best place to, to put your career personally? You know, it's it's funny because. I don't, I don't know if it was designed that way, but it's certainly kind of shaken out that way. Um, so I was, I've been in staffing and recruiting and consulting, and that's kind of where, you know, our backgrounds crossed, and, and I had that experience. And you know, the latter part of last year, I, I kind of was going down, down the path of looking at looking at options and deciding what my what my next move would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what it came down to is I went out to my network and started talking to some individuals at some different companies. Um, and when I sat down with, uh, with Travis Bloomfield and Erica Cox, who had started Provisio partners and I had known, I had known Travis for a while. Um, we actually worked in the same building 10 years ago and met in the elevator and figured out we lived 10 minutes away from each other. So, um, <laughs> When I had reached out to him and said, you know, I'm thinking about making a change, just want to kind of bounce some ideas off you, I went in um, and talked with him and Erica and the Provisio team, and, you know, there was something that just, I mean, it was meaningful work. It, um, they're, they're utilizing technology to enable organizations to help out communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked, I mean, I mean, they were very passionate about what they were doing. So it was, you know, it was, it was easy to get excited about it. But as I walked away from it, for me, I mean, I have a background in an understanding of technology, but I understand kind of, you know, program management and, you know, implementation. So that part of it, I mean, there's a bit of a learning curve, but that part of it's come pretty easy. And for me, the exciting part has been really, just learning about 
different organizations and how these organizations work and, and what they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to, to make that impact. So after I met with them, it was just something that kind of stuck with me and I kept thinking about and I kept thinking about, well, well you know, I do know of a couple of organizations that I would certainly, certainly, you know, uh, reach out to and talk to. Um, and it was, and it just was something that kind of stuck with me. So it was exciting and, you know, certainly a little scary to kind of almost take a huge, you know, career change. But now, now that I've gotten into it a bit, you know, it really comes down to building relationships mm-hmm. and then understanding how we can utilize technology to help. And I was doing that pretty much in, in a different space before, but this one is, you know, I, I love, you know, for me, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit close to home because uh, I mean, I've grew up in Chicago and love Chicago. So, you know, even getting to see the different organizations that I would have never even known about or even, you know, things that are going on within the city um, and in the state, it's given me a new, it's given me a new perspective on a lot of different things. So for me, it was a new challenge, kind of exciting. And then, you know, kind of just, you know, resonated with me. And to be honest, you know, when I went in and met with the Provisio team, you know, every there was kind of a, a great culture there. Everybody, you know, I kind of felt like I've been there from day one. So, you know, that that flow of things helped me make my decision. Hmm. So I know you've only been with Provisio for, you know, a handful of months. Um, yeah. But in that time, have you encountered any like nonprofit businesses that you're like, that's really interesting what you're doing. And like, you didn't even know that they existed. I have to imagine you, you've gotten exposure to some, um, but maybe, maybe now you, you, you haven't yet. So I don't want to put you on the spot. This would have been yeah. a great question to prep you for. Uh, <laughs> had I thought of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, that one, I, I may circle back and, and have some, in the, have some answers in the comments later on about, you know, maybe this one. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, every organization, I mean, there's, um, there's organizations that you think you know from kind of the outside of like a, you know, a, a food bank or, you know, an inner city kind of education group that, you know, offers secondary education or English as a second language to, you know, huge communities. And, you know, there's lots of things. I mean, the answer is, is there was a lot of things that I didn't know that I've learned <laughs> yeah. um, that, you know, there's just there's a lot going on out there and there's a lot of good people trying to do a lot of good things. And, um, you know, I, I learn about a new organization almost daily. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really the fun part, but to, you know, to pin, to pinpoint one or, you know, another is kind of hard at this point, just because I'm still, you know, learning about them all. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And, and, and I apologize for, for what was an unfair question, but I also, uh, the more I get exposure to nonprofits, I realize, you know, the thing that strikes me about so many of them is the, is the passion by which everybody operates. Like they don't, you don't go into nonprofits, um, you know, because you want to make a ton of money. Like that's just not a thing. And, and, and to have a cause that usually speaks to you personally, I think is, is an important, um, aspect for a lot of folks that are in that space. Space. And, and that, you know, is inspiring to me. Every time I meet someone who's working uh, for a nonprofit or, or has made that their career, you know, it inspires me because I haven't, you know, I, I 
I don't know that I would um, be able to bring myself to to do that to that level, but it, it inspires me that they do, and and I always try to find ways uh, to support them in their effort, wh- however I can, whatever limited way possible. So, you know, there's definitely. Um, you know, a, a lot of different options out there. And I think right now there's a lot of folks that, you know, as we're in, you know, still this, this COVID-19 lockdown and, and, you know, a lot of folks are trying to figure out, you know, how do we help each other get through this particular crisis and, and some of the other crises that, that present themselves constantly. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it's awakened a lot of folks in terms of, you know, how can I take whatever I have and, and help people beyond just me? You know, and and yeah. I think that that's a an important consideration. I want to get into a little bit more on the data side specifically, and and you've done work in you know this this capacity in, in working with a Salesforce organization and in nonprofits and and your previous roles in in recruiting and, and staffing. Um, you know, these tend to be uh, areas that you will quantify and use data pretty pervasively to measure your progress. And, and a lot of folks out there, I think, you know, are always trying to find ways to leverage insights from a data perspective in their day-to-day work. What kinds of things do you do personally to help guide you through that day? Is it is it counting the number of calls you make? Is it the counting? You know, is it looking at activity? Is it looking at results? Tell me about how data influences what you do. Um, I mean, it, there's, when you really think about it, I mean, I think it affects everything, um, because there are certain, I mean, we could go from, you know, the amount of activity and looking at it and saying, I know, you know, I know I need to reach out to, you know, 10 organizations to be able to schedule five meetings, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of having a, a ratio of things. It's also, you know, understanding that, you know, I need to be, I need to be talking with certain organizations um, of, you know, a certain size and then rationing out kind of who who to even target, um, you know, or who to try and work with because, you know, certain organizations will have, you know, certain budgets um, and using, using some data for that. But for me personally, it's really, um, you know, consistently taking a look at, you know, the the amount of activity and the amount of you know reach out and the follow up and even working with current clients as you know where are where are projects at and you know what percentage of you know of the of the initiative is complete and how much more do we have to go and what's the timeline for that um, and you know even resource utilization on how many hours mm-hmm. because if we you know if we're going to kick off for me, you know, if we've if we've had a project initiation for several clients in the last couple of weeks, you know, we may need to space those out just based upon resources and, and time available. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that all comes into data, you know, understanding the data and making decisions based upon that data. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can go as far as saying if from a, from a revenue perspective as a company you know we need to have a certain number of you know certain number of projects that we're starting and, and driving forward within a certain month um, and just understanding all of that it, it's a lot easier to keep in line if we have good data around it 
Yeah. How I imagine, you know, as we've gone to this remote working scenario, how you do your work has changed. I imagine you're spending a fair amount of time on video chats or on the phone, um, probably yeah. a few less coffee, uh, coffee meetups these days, right? Well, yeah, the whole thing that the coffee, you know, my coffee makers about 20 steps away, I'm, I'm drinking more coffee than ever. Um, you know, it, it has changed. And I mean, this is a, it's a huge change for everybody. And there's a lot of different challenging aspects to the COVID situation. Um, you know, I mean, the amount of more video calls and, and getting used to that and kind of having that as a norm. I mean, that's, that's a huge one. Um, you know, but also just the reach out in general. I mean, you know, I don't, I can, I can confidently reach out to organizations and say, Hey, you know, this is what we're, this is how we're helping organizations get through COVID. This is how we're helping organizations for life after COVID um, and utilizing technology to do that. So, you know, for me, my, my activities stayed pretty similar, just kind of the, the, the location obviously that I'm doing it in and the way that I'm going about things, you know, I want to be sensitive to the situation, but the reality is, is, you know, an organization that survived on people walking in the door and, you know, needing, and needing services, you know, those, if, if that organization doesn't have, let's call it a virtual front door or a way to do a virtual intake on their website, um, you know, two things are going to happen. Those individuals may not get access to that, those services and that organization is going to suffer because they're not able to, you know, get people in to, you know, show that they're helping people. Um, so that's been a big part of what we've done through, through this COVID situation is, you know, getting organizations, their readiness to respond to what's going on and kind of how life's going to be, after this and you know we'll probably get back to some new norm at some point but for the time being having the ability to set those things up and do all of that virtually has been you know fortunately i'll knock on wood here is um you know help helped us stay busy as mm -hmm. well as helped us keep some organizations going yeah. Well, it, it you, you brought up two things that I think are really interesting. The first is you talked about that virtual front door. And I think about like, I you know, I spend too much time on social media, I'll admit. And, and you see people complaining about all the time that they have and they're watching Tiger King and they've run. You've run out of Netflix shows like that's not possible. But apparently you have you, you have more time than you know what to do with. Why yeah. not spend some of it helping these organizations from home? There's ways you can help. And spend time if you don't have money to help these organizations serve a cause greater than yourself. Like I'm all for watching a show, but let's yeah. let's temper that with some um, you know meaningful progress. And the other thing you talked about too is about preparing for life after this pandemic crisis has passed, and it will pass. And yeah. there's a, a parallel, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. But if you were not doing a good job with the data. Prior to this, yeah. use this as a wake up call to realize that that is inexcusable going forward. You feel the pain right now. And I and I wrote a piece for T-Dan on this a while back where it said, you know, right now, all you can do 
is hold on. All you can do is just get through it however best you can. You're not really going to be able to build an amazing amount for the future just yet. And I think we're starting to turn the corner where this weird time is starting to at least feel a little less um, insane, a little bit more normal. It's still not normal by any stretch, yeah. but at least we're we're out of that full-blown triage mode, just stop the bleeding type mode. And, and we're now starting to think, how do we last through this and build for the future that will come someday? Day. And that's really where, you know, building data capabilities, becoming aware of how does data quality work, recognizing that understanding your business is about making your business better. And, and you know, tools like Salesforce, tools like, you know, databases and, and things that you can get for free will enable you to start to understand where the opportunities in the future will lie. And that's something that you can do from home. That's something you can yeah. do while your team is remote. And when when you can get back on the field of play again fully, you want to be as well prepared as possible. And I think that's, you know, Definitely something that that there's a, a parallel here, both for the non nonprofit. Oh, see, I knew I was going to do it. I, I was going to call it non for profit yeah. or not for profit. And I learned. So let's 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 temp, let's put a pause on that other conversation, because I think yeah. that we've, we've we've both kind of talked about that. But this was one interesting thing that in our prep for the show, uh, you brought it to my attention. So so what is the right term? Is it not for profit, nonprofit? How does what is the right <laughs> So I've learned that nonprofit is just one word, nonprofit, no okay. hyphen, um, is the correct terminology. Because, it, you know, when I did, when I started out having conversations, I was saying not, not profit or not for profit right. or, you know, some along, along those lines. Um, and I still struggle with when people talk about philanthropic efforts. Um, I think I've just recently got that one right. I know I've butchered that on a few calls as well. Um, but, you know, it's the, the terminology, you know, a nonprofit, it seems pretty simple now that I'm, I'm into it and I kind of just say it naturally. But, you know, when I do talk to people like yourself when we were talking, and I think you said something like not for profit. Yeah. Um, that hasn't been my experience. And now again, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a little newer to the space and somebody may come out and, you know, correct me on that. But in my experience so far, um, nonprofit is the, is the correct term. Right. So I'll add this to the list of it's nonprofit, not anything else. And you use one space after the periods and it is on premises versus cloud, not on premise versus cloud, though. I've lost that battle completely. I, I, I recognize I, it's but but I'm going to keep fighting it because it's one of those pet peeve things that I have. And, um, you know, the the grammar police OCD side of me is is definitely, uh, you know, alive and well, even in, in lockdown. Yeah. But um, so, I mean, that's. It's, it's it's somewhat anecdotal and and but interesting because there are standards sometimes and this is true in in any kind of linguistic or nomenclature or you know data governance type setting is that we have certain rules that people would be happy to follow if they just knew what they were and yeah. and it's not always easy or apparent and so it, with the lack of guidance you end up just doing whatever. And and that's where yeah. like an, an opportunity like this, like nobody listened to this podcast today expecting to learn a new standard for a term, but they yeah. did. And now they're going to remember that. If, if nothing else from this podcast, they're going to remember it's yeah. nonprofit <laughs> instead of something else. So we've served the community from a, a grammar or linguistic perspective. I don't know if that is, that's, I guess, probably not technically grammar. That's more like spelling and, and proper terminology, yeah. but... 
Yeah, and I mean, even even the phrase of like, you know, who and who a um, who an organization supports is usually referred to as um, constituent or client, um, which is something that I learned kind of coming in as well. So, you know, an organization will say, you know, we've we've supported these clients, um, and you know, that also helps when you're talking about kind of a CRM approach of keeping your clients in the CRM. So, um, you know, that, that was something that's one of the many things I've learned kind of along the way here as well. Yeah. Well, and that, that brings up another you know common thing is that there's, there's loaded terms. I've worked in organizations where you could not call their customers, customers. They had to be clients or they had to be like, and people would take it very seriously. And in other, you know, other places that are dealing with customers that are much larger, they call them all customers. Like it's, it's, there's something, you know, like, but that becomes ingrained into that company's culture. And it is not our place as, as external service providers, you and I, I both at least share that. Um, you know, we we aren't there to go in and change the culture of the way they talk. We just want to help them adopt something that will help them, right? And and yeah. you know, change. And I and I coach this with with folks in data leadership all the time. It's like adapt to the terminology. Pick your spots. Pick your fights. You know, you don't yeah. need to try to change everything to fit that perfect standard. There's a reason that it all came out, and some of the reasons are, are nonsense. Like, the, does it really matter? Probably not. But that's why we shouldn't care. Like, if you want to call yeah. them clients, call them clients. If you want to call them constituents, yeah. do that. But it's it's that's where it's it's t- decide. Like when I when I learned about the nonprofit thing, I'm like, oh, that's one that I want to make sure I get right because I don't want to accidentally offend the community of nonprofits yeah. by doing something I didn't know better about. So, and that, I mean, like this is like data one oh one in a lot of ways because this happens everywhere in some capacity or another. Yeah. And like you said, the last thing you want to do is go in and start trying to argue with people about what they call stuff (laughs) because you're, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to get adoption. You're not going to get buy-in, you know, you're ultimately, I believe most things come down to a lot of things come down to just going in and building a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going in and being somewhat combative about what they call their clients, constituents, you know, customers, um, you know, those those are battles that you don't want to, that you're not, you're not going to win. So, you know, focus on the mission and, and focus on accomplishing what you went in to accomplish. So it is, you know, those are some interesting conversations when you start to talk about why certain things get called what they do. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, 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 there's a lesson here for anybody who's in the service industry, whether it's a consultant, whether it's a, a sales side, whether whatever you're doing, if you're reaching into another organization, you're providing a tool, you're providing, you know, guidance of, of some sort, just know. And and make sure you internalize this. Know that when you go into another organization, they are going to know way more about that organization than you do. And they always will because that's their organization. What yeah. you bring is a specialized knowledge, a specialized tool, a specialized skill of some sort that they will find useful in their context. It is up to you to bring that knowledge with an open enough mind to figure out the best way for them to apply what it is that you do in their context that they know extremely well. And I think that's something that I see a lot of very junior consultants struggle with that. They they think that they need to come in and know everything everything that's yeah. that's a silly educate. goal yeah yeah so yeah and to to be to, to kind of jump on that point i mean part of the reason and answering the question from before part of the reason i really you know 
enjoyed and kind of honed to went with provisional partners is that you know there is a there is a focus there so we do focus on human service organizations and that's really you know because there are other nonprofits out there that are either you know foundations or you know you know that that accomplish different missions but not really focused on human services so even when even when we're talking with organizations and you know we're talking with them we're usually going in and asking i would call them the right questions because we've we've worked with so many human service organizations that we understand their business to some extent but even in you know in every one of our kickoffs we talk about you know we are experts in this field and that's why we're the right partner for you because you can go out and shake a tree and you know 100 salesforce partners will will fall out but one, we are a premium partner, and you know you have to earn that status, mm-hmm. um, and have so so only so many pro- you have to have so many projects that come out successful that get graded by the client after the fact. Mm-hmm. So, you know that the premium status is earned; you can't buy it. Um, but you know when we're talking with the clients about you know why we're a good fit is, is that we do we go in with the expertise, but we understand that each organization has its own unique challenges. So we really want to understand, you know, how you do, you know, how you're working day to day, some of those processes that you have, and then help identify some of those gaps. Um, and we can do that because, you know, we're in that space. We're not going to, you know, financial services and saying, hey, do you need Salesforce implemented? We can do that. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, and there's some there's some partners that kind of play across the board and more generalists. Um, but part of the reason that I, you know, I really enjoy working with Provisio is we're, we're kind of having similar conversations all the time and finding different solutions for different clients, um, which helps us just that much more with the next one that we talk to and say, hey, you know, if you're wondering how X company is doing this over here or, you know, what we're seeing in the industry is they're doing it X and Y, you know, you may want to consider that. That's kind of the, the point of view or the subject matter expertise that I'm really enjoying kind of gaining the value on that yeah it kind of it brings up kind of a general strategic question in in a lot of different industries actually because you think about like i do i do data leadership consulting so i go pretty deep in the data leadership topic and pretty wide in terms of clients like i see data patterns everywhere and and i realize that there's applicability in those patterns across many different industries um and and you know i kind of approach it that way whereas what you're doing in in human service so you've picked a, a deep niche of of the the human service nonprofit niche with a particular skill set that you go very deep in. And so you yeah. said, okay, we are going to hone in on, you're not selling all CRM products to everybody and doing all of these different functions and, and um, you know, consulting. You're, you're saying we're going to help from a CRM perspective with our Salesforce partnership for a very you know specified niche. And we're going to be really, really good at it. And we are going to have more experience and more depth than anybody. And I think that's a lesson kind of just to generalize it to the, the broader audience is that, be deliberate when you choose that. Don't yeah. just guess at it. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Because if you try to be an expert in everything, you don't achieve it. Like, and, and yeah. that's it. It, it kind of goes back with that point we were just talking about around you know how you approach firms and and go in with the right mindset. 
I've seen plenty of people who are like, I understand all industries and I understand all things and I am a wizard of everything. Well, I'm, you're just I'm all not. things to everyone. Yeah, yeah. We all have our blinders no. and we've, yeah. And we've all worked at kind of, or we've all been a part of or, or seen the generalists, yeah. um, you know, and there's a place for that, but I've, yeah. you know, go, coming up to be, you know, my previous career experience to now I'm enjoying kind of, working on being that specialist and, and going in and understanding, you know, a specific area yeah. um, because it does, it does help when you're talking to clients and saying, you know, I see, I, I've seen this, I, mm -hmm. I kind of, I understand the struggle that you're having and we've helped, you know, this organization over here address this mm -hmm. and this is the outcome from that. And, you know, we've learned some lessons along the way as well. Um, but it's really, you know, the, the rewarding part for me is is talking with, like you said before, the, the individuals who are so passionate about what they're doing and they're doing great, you know, they're doing amazing work and they are helping a lot of people. But then when I ask them, you know, how are you telling that story? Who, mm -hmm. you know, who, who knows about this? And, you know, how can you help more people? You know, that's where, you know, you might get that blank stare of, well, this is just what we do. Yeah. And that's where I, I like to say, yeah, well, if we can centralize that and get you, get you, get you to a place where you can, un where you can understand the, the real data of what you're doing and the impact that you're making, you know, there's, we can, you could go crazy with the solutions to be able to, you know, get that out there. But the, the main thing is, is getting that all into one place mm -hmm. and then making sense of it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think learning and adjusting to that over time as well is a really important thing to think about as, as you know, for any of us that are service professionals, we're constantly learning and we're constantly trying to apply our skill set in new ways for new clients. And that may take us in a path that isn't necessarily expected like we because I, I really want to go back to that you know be deliberate about the niche and the strategy that you have but also be open to if you're hearing things from your customers from your clients and constituents adjust learn you know continue to find that thing that will help serve them to the best of your ability and if they I, my thinking is is like if somebody has invited me in for the conversation invited me in to help them or at least share some ideas the least i can do is try to do that to the the best of my ability and and yeah. that i think is is the thing that you know draws me especially to helping with a, with nonprofits with public sector with you know organizations that have a mission behind just making dollars because i think that's there's something more to it something more human behind it that really um you know it it adds some sort of satisfaction that you cannot get just from a a paycheck alone yeah absolutely i mean that's where you know, you can you can tell that the individuals that work in in this space are here because they really you know they enjoy helping people or they really want to make an impact or you know they want to figure out a better way to um, you know to to help their community. And the other thing is is that you know it's 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 almost a recruiting tool. Kind of going back to to my background of you know some of these organizations that want to get you know, great minds that are coming out of, you know, universities and school, you know, they, they're going to school and talking about impact and they're talking about, you know, understanding, you know, 
statistics around how can we impact this community. Yeah. And then when they show up at these at an organization and they're and they're like, okay, here's your spreadsheet, and you know, mark off this and that. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to say that we're using cutting edge technology, um, and that's that's enabling us to make an impact and it's a recruiting tool for the organizations because like you said hmm. nobody's going into nonprofit for for the money so you know you have to have a competitive edge there and you know you're going to retain people and, and give them an opportunity to to you know grow with the organization if you have that if you have that technology and you're you know you're, you're data driven so yeah. for me even when we're talking about you know okay how are you you know, what's your, how do you manage things now? And if the answer typically is, you know, Sue has a spreadsheet, Kim has a spreadsheet. <laughs> That's, you know, the days of counting things are over. Yeah. It's, you can't just, you know, check the box and here it is. And we did this. It's, you know, people want to come in and see, you know, we're, we are trying to figure out where we're going to go from here and make strategic decisions based upon mission critical data. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't do that if you don't have it you know, in a system and, mm -hmm. and even more, there are, there are point solutions out there that you can utilize, but those are usually kind of one off and that's where the silo comes in and having everything on one platform and getting a pic big picture view of that, you're going to be able to make better decisions. So, you know, whether that's a recruiting tool, whether it's driving the organization, I mean, and this is, I guess this is why I'm, why I'm in this is because I'm, I'm a firm believer that it, provides tremendous value to the organization. Yeah. Well, and, and in one other area too, is that it helps protect the organization. It's not only a recruiting tool, but as people move on to other things over time, you know, the, the, you know, customers and, you know, constituents and, and volunteers are going to be the people that, you know, that organization needs to coordinate with in, in as central a way as possible, because that's, that is the lifeblood of that organization. And, and the data on it is the lifeblood, you know, of their systems that, that provide those services. So um, yeah. we're just about out of time, Pete. This has been awesome. This is really oh. insane. Insightful and, and learning how these kinds of tools that you know you know of in the commercial space also apply to nonprofits and and just how it all fits together. It's been a fun conversation. Do you have any last parting thoughts before before we wrap it up? Um, no, I mean obviously this has been this has been a lot of fun and I enjoyed. And anytime you want to kind of jump on and, and talk about anything else, I'm game. Um, you know the only the only parting thoughts is like I said. I mean there's a lot of organizations out there that. Um, can utilize Salesforce and can, and they, you know, the first thought is, is we can't afford it. Um, and so there are, there are options there and it is affordable and it's made affordable so that the organizations can utilize that. Um, the only other thoughts that I have are that, you know, like I said, there's a lot of Salesforce partners out there, um, you know, and, and the partner that you have really will determine your experience with implementation and your use. So I would just advise people to, you know, utilize a partner that is is specialized in your industry or knows your industry and knows your organization because it will make a difference whether that's getting it in using it and and cost frankly so yeah and that that advice probably translates to a lot of other areas as well beyond salesforce yeah. so yeah. pete thank you very much for joining me today and and thank you out there for watching or listening today you'll find links and more information about today's topic in the show notes please remember to subscribe to our show on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts visit algman.com to learn more about Algman Data Leadership and the many ways we can help you become a data leader. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.